My friends, today, today at a time when so many sadly are filled with anxiety and worldly fear, at a time when so many seem to be about to snap, to be honest, at a time when there is so much chaos and confusion surrounding us at this time, perfectly timed always, we enter this season of hope. We enter Advent, a new year, a new beginning. Perhaps an opportunity for all of us, myself included, to get that important reset button. You know, this week I've been uh, blessed, or last week I've been blessed by reading a wonderful book. It's called Advent of the Heart, Seasonal Sermons and Prison Writings by a Jesuit priest, Father Alfred Dill. You know, he has these beautiful Advent homilies, some meditations that he gave during World War II. First from his parish, he was a great preacher in Munich, where he led a Nazi resistance movement, and later in prison. He was imprisoned in Berlin, martyred for the faith, hung by the Nazis. In the midst of the Nazi persecutions, from prison, Father Delp said, Advent is a time to reflect upon the reality of the powerlessness of, and human fertility of human life in relation to its ultimate meaning and fulfillment. While at the same time embracing, he says, the promise of God to be on our side to come to meet us. In other words, my friends, he's saying that we are amazing. We are God's greatest creation but we cannot live this reality without him. Or as my vice rector, Father Brandon, would often say, we can't, he can, and he promised. Advent is a time to be shaken, as the gospel says, to be awakened. It is a time to embrace the reality of who we already are, that we, my friends, are his. We are his. It's a time, Advent is, to be comforted by the certitude that God has already set out and is on his way. God is a seeker. He does not know how to be absent. He does not know how to be absent, but my friends, it is during the gloomy, no doubt scary and dark times of World War II that Father Dell preached about lighting that first Advent candle. We will light ours here after the creed and the prayers of the faithful. He lit his not knowing whether or not all four candles would be lit. Lighting it, of course, not for some sort of tradition or custom, but from a certitude that he knew was his. A certitude, my friends, that is ours as well as men, women, and children of faith. Advent is a time of expectation, of waiting, and of preparation. It comes from the Latin, adventus, which means coming. The Latin is a translation, of course, of the Greek word parousia, which is commonly used in reference to Christ's second coming. Advent is a time of hope. 
And it is proper, of course, then, that it have two perspectives. First, of course, that our prayer and liturgy, liturgy we share in that ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah. We enter into that ancient expectation of that very first Christmas morning. And we meditate on Christ coming more deeply into our hearts and minds. Secondly, again, through our prayer and liturgies, we prepare our, for our death and his second coming when we will see him face to face. We see this continuation of how we ended this past liturgical year by meditating on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. That this judgment becomes a time of hope for us because we love the Lord. We love him. We've encountered him in so many beautiful ways. We've experienced his love and mercy. We know that we are his, and we long to see him face to face. We long to embrace the inheritance that is ours in faith, eternal life, and unimaginable peace and joy. Father Delp said, and I agree, that man is truly human only when he transcends himself. He becomes small, he says, when he is content with things and values from his own light sphere. In other words, from what he can see and experience. He does not look beyond himself or herself. The character of our life, he says, is to keep going, to keep a lookout, and to endure until our hearts are united with his. We are in danger, though, he says, of wrongfully waiting in fearful expectation just to see whether or not we will survive this earthly test. And we run aground. We risk the run of, uh, of running aground anyway, and so that's why in this Advent season we must be shaken. We must be awakened, shaken to the point that we no longer turn in on ourselves for false security, but arise through grace and are awakened. This is what the Collect, the beautiful uh, prayer of this Mass said, that we are to be resolved to run forth to meet Christ with righteous deeds at his coming. And we are to be ready, as the Gospel says, to stand erect and raise our heads knowing that our redemption is at hand. In humble confidence, my friends, today we embark on our Advent journeys. And we set a sail into this season of hope, knowing that we cannot live without hope. We cannot live without something to look forward to. No doubt we are all looking forward to Christmas. Let us also look forward to, let us also long for the time when we will see him face to face. In a Mark Sterling, in the spirit of Advent, a beautiful reflection says that human beings cannot live without hope. Unlike the animals, we are blessed, are cursed, with the ability to think about the future and to fear our actions to shaping it. So essential is this to human life, he says, that human beings cannot live without hope, without something to look forward to. Be without hope, to have nothing to live for, is to surrender to death in despair. Such beautiful truth. 
So many, though, are struggling to find hope in these difficult times. But all of us are, uh, well, we're called to hope big, like the people of the Old Testament. You know, they wandered the desert, but they hoped to be in that fertile promised land someday. They were scattered in a divided people in exile, and they hoped to be gathered again, united together. The blind, they hoped to see. The deaf hoped to hear. The lame hoped to walk. They all hoped for the coming of the Messiah. The people of the Old Testament hoped for big things. And not just for themselves, but for all nations. They hoped for a time when all people would be united in peace. My friends, we too, please God, are people of hope. And I hope that we come to hope for big things. And not just that Notre Dame will make the college football playoffs and not embarrass themselves should they do that. But hope perhaps that our country get out of this desert. Hope that the scattered and divided people of our country will come together, that the blind will see and the deaf will hear, that we will embrace the reality that the Messiah has come. We are a people that are founded on our beautiful Judeo-Christian principles. Hope, my friends, pushes us beyond this world and its struggles and directs the gaze of our soul to the transcendent God, directs our souls to heaven. Not in a manner, of course, that, directs the that rejects the world, but in a way that fulfills it through love of the Lord. Hope helps us place our trust in Jesus and not in ourselves. The Catechism says that hope is what keeps us from discouragement. Hope affords us joy even under trial. My friends, I hope we are all people of hope, which is to say we know that we have a future, a bright future, because we have encountered a God who saves, and our lives are not the same because in hope we were saved. So no matter what you have going on in your lives, no matter what struggles you are dealing with, no doubt we are all dealing with a lot these days. Perhaps many of you are worried about your employment. Some of you perhaps are sick or know someone who is. I know there are people here in this church today that have lost loved ones in this past year or even the past 10 years, and this time is very difficult, you miss them very, very much. Or maybe you have some relationships in your lives that are just not where you'd like them to be, or you are lonely and simply long to have a relationship. Or you're anxious or afraid for many reasons or lost and cannot seem to find a way. Jesus is the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is our hope. And he, my friends, is here. He is here most especially in this holy mass. He will be on this altar. He is always here for us in the tabernacle. He is here in his word, and he is here, my friends, in these pews and the people of God, people of faith. The Lord is here. My friends, God has perfect timing. And he has a perfect plan, a perfect plan for our country, a perfect plan, of course, for our church, a perfect plan for all of us here. His plan is for us to begin again, to begin again and to be resolute, renewed in vigor, 
For as Romans 13 says, it is now the hour for each of us to wake from sleep. For our salvation is closer than when we first accepted the faith. You know, we are all likely about to make some New Year's resolutions if you have not already. Let's begin right now by making some resolutions as we begin this new church year. Let us all spend some time, I promise to spend time this Advent and throughout the year encountering the source of our hope in the most blessed sacrament. Spend some time in an adoration here in our church. Be generous and sacrificial. Make our prayer before the Eucharist more about him and our love for him, our gratitude for his grace, than it is about ourselves. Spend time in quiet reflection, perhaps even in your prayer spot in your house, your cup of coffee and the gospel for 20 minutes. What a great morning plan. And may we all make a resolution to truly promise to not be anxious. I like that I've been doing this for the last several years, but I would like those comfortable to do so, to just simply raise your hand and before God and our community of faith to promise right now, I, Father Dyer, do solemnly swear that I will not stress about buying any gifts, and I will not become anxious about decorating or baking or sending out cards, and if I send out cards, they will be Christmas cards, and on and on. In fact, I will do none of these things unless I can do them with peace and joy. My friends, let us all make Christmas about Christ. Let us all make Christmas about hope. And this Advent, let us all hope big. Let us hope by longing to see his face before the most blessed sacrament. Let us all hope by encountering his mercy in the confessional. Let us all hope by encountering him in his word and let us share this gift. Let us share this hope with another. Bring them here to Holy Mass. My friends, there is still time to have a good pandemic. God is using this time let us allow him to use it well. May we all, with the psalmist, lift up our souls, and may God be praised. Amen.